Welcome to the Power of the Cross with special guest minister, Lauren Larson. Peace that passes understanding. I, I, I learned this fairly early in my Christian experience. I came out of drugs and alcohol, and I was a, a small-time drug dealer. I, I did my own, I sold cocaine and pot for just in small amounts so I could get mine for free, and that was the idea of it. But right before I got saved, the cocaine had gotten out of hand, and I was borrowing from one guy to pay off another guy and I was flip-flopping and doing most of it instead of selling any of it, and I got way behind. And when you get way behind with those kind of folk, it gets scary. And one night, about two weeks after I got saved, one of the guys that I was getting product from and again, I embarrass myself to have to say this, but the cocaine from, he never did his own product. He was always straight. He was always sobered. He pulled up in my driveway. That night, he wasn't straight, and he wasn't sober. And when I stuck my head inside the, the window, uh, he pulled out a thirty-eight and put it up against my temple, and he said, I understand that you have been getting product from other people and not paying me. And I said, yep, that's true. And I talked to him for about 10 minutes with my head in the window and a 38 to the side of my head. And knowing that this man who doesn't get messed up on his own product was messed up, and if there was ever a time, I've only been saved two or three weeks now, if there was ever a time that he was ready to pull the trigger, it would have been that night. But we talked, he seemed to calm down, and he drove away, and of course I got my head out of the car window and walked back into the house. Needless to say, I was a little shaken. I went into my room and laid down on the bed, and, and I was just reading uh, the Scripture, working my way through it, and I happened to be in Philippians. It's about 11 o'clock at night, and I read through the passage, and it said, "...and the peace that passes all understanding." And the minute that I said it, and I did, I, I read it out loud and I said it, the, the, I experienced the supernatural move of God that just took all the worry and the fear and the doubt and the anxiety of even what I had just been through just swept over me. It's like warm oil. I couldn't, I couldn't even describe it. It, it, it. And it just, everything disappeared. And I went, whoa. About 10 minutes later, like the tide, it just drifted out, and I thought, I'm brand new to this. I've never been here before. So, well, it worked once. So I said it again, and the peace of God that passes. <laughs> and you know what? God honors my ignorance, and here he comes again. And from 11 o'clock at night till 5 o'clock in the morning, it continued, and it would roll in, and after it would leave, I'm laying there thinking, okay. But I, I learned that night what the peace of God could do. God has never done that for me like that again. But I've learned as I've grown in Christ that the expansion of his kingdom is also the expansion of his peace as I depend upon him in a time of trial. He's the Prince of Peace. So our kingdom, this kingdom of God, is within you. Luke 17, I'm saying it that Jesus said it. He said, the kingdom of God comes not with 
observation, neither shall they say low here or low there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So I can say that I am not just making something up. This increase of his government, his rule, his kingdom lives inside of those of us that have accepted him now. And he is, to those of us that are saved, he is wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty God. He is father. He is prince of peace. But no matter what he's done with us, he wants to do more. And it's up to you and I to let him do more. It's my responsibility to let him do more. Now, we can't affect this in our own, but yet we have a responsibility to play. To play. If you want God to change you, it's got to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. So several things have to happen here if I want God's kingdom to increase in me. And I know that Pastor Wilson and the staff here, Glenn, and all the rest of them teach and preach the message of the cross. Now, what that means is, let me clarify this, because sometimes people get all bent out of shape when we say the message of the cross. What are we talking about? When Jesus traveled to Calvary, he not only paid the penalty for your sin, he broke the power of sin over you. That sin that had dominion over you, he broke it when he died on Calvary. And every believer who accepts him doesn't just receive forgiveness of sins, but they receive power over sin as a part of the salvation program as a part of the process. And as I mentioned earlier, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Now listen, that is true for every single born-again believer. Well, then why don't we see victory just automatically instilled in every single believer? Because you and I have a part to play. And our part isn't the part of works. It's not the part of fasting or prayer or labor. Our part, our role in God's kingdom is the role of faith so that grace might freely be given to us and expand his kingdom in us. So when we say the message of the cross, what we're talking about is placing our faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus did on Calvary so that sin could be forgiven and my sin could be taken away and that I could be justified and that the Holy Spirit now might have the legal right the legal right to move inside of me, even though I'm not perfect, the blood of Jesus over me causes God to look down upon me and say, I don't see any evil in them. I don't see any iniquity in them. I just see the blood of my son as a covering. And you say, well, how could that be? Well, it's, it's typed in, uh, in, in the Old Covenant. Remember the Old Covenant had, had uh, what everybody talks about, the Ark of the Covenant? Remember, it's a box. It's a box, and then on the top of the box, there's a lid called the mercy seat, and that lid is one piece of gold, and they built it into two cherubim that face each other. And, and on the lid, on the lid of the box at the top, once a year, the high priest would come and place blood on the top of the box 
and it would actually provide salvation for a whole year, first for him, and then secondly for the children of Israel. It was called the Day of Atonement. He would put blood on the mercy seat. But we have to understand what was underneath the mercy seat, what was in the box. There were several things. First of all, there was a, there was a copy of the law that man broke. It was in the box. And then there was a jar of manna, God's provision for his people. And there was an Aaron's rod that budded. It was in there. And so when God looked down, he didn't see the broken law. He saw the blood. He didn't see us messing up. He saw the blood. The blood was applied to the mercy seat. When Jesus died on Calvary, the blood was applied to the mercy seat. And now your ministry, Aaron's rod that budded, and your provision, manna, is also covered by the blood. You know what you can expect when you place your faith in Jesus and what he did? For your sins to be forgiven, for your ministry to come to fruition, and your provision to be guaranteed because... Because the blood covers it. Hallelujah. But God asks me simply to place my faith in that and not place my faith in what I do. Now, when I place my faith properly in what Christ has done, then the Holy Spirit begins to work in me. I'm not void of good works. I'm not void of proper living. But what happens is I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, and I become his workmanship created unto good works. So good works do not provide me with the work of the Holy Spirit, because God doesn't trade off works for Holy Ghost. The only thing that he that brings the power of the Holy Ghost is your faith in Jesus and what he did. And then he works in you. And as he works in you, you desire and you have the power to do the right thing. You become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So good works are certainly necess- a necessity, but they don't just happen if you just make it, well, I'm going to be good then you're going to be bad. You're not going to be able to live up to your own expectations, and it'll disappoint and and has disappointed all of us as Christians. But we have to learn, if we're going to let his kingdom expand in us, that our responsibility is the responsibility of faith. We place our faith in Jesus and what he has done, and then he begins to work in me. This is the message of the cross now. It's not me never working. It's me working as a result of his working in me first. My faith expressed in who he is and what he's done allows him to work in me and now I'm simply responding to the supernatural kingdom of God that lives within me and it's expanding and all of a sudden that's what I want to do and that's what I go to do and because it's God's will for me the power of God helps me do it when I stand up in this pulpit or I stand in a classroom at family worship center preach over wherever I'm preaching I'm not counting on my ability or my education or my help or my heart I'm counting on the person of the Holy Ghost. I'll often pray, Lord, let the Spirit of God, let the, let the true teacher come. Let the true preacher come. Because if there's ever anything done for God through a preacher, it's because the anointing of the Holy Spirit moves through the kingdom that God has established in that person and expands out to other people. It's Him working in us, doing something through us, not we ourselves. 
So that's the message of the cross says my responsibility is to keep my faith in him. So my responsibility is to stand strong in God's redemption plan. Can I give you a couple verses? Yeah, I can because I'm your guest. Here we go. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. Keep your responsibility. Keep your eyes on Christ and the cross. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. That of yourselves, not, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 8 and 10. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You can't change yourself, but God's spirit in you can change you. you you got to count your own body as dead dead and him the only one that can do the work that you need second peter 3 and 18 says grow in grace and the knowledge of the lord so let me test you i'm going to give you a test right now tell me how do you grow in grace i know how to grow in knowledge i spend more time reading i spend more time studying but how do you grow in grace Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. Now, back to the message. You become more dependent than you ever have been before. You become more dependent... That's how you grow in grace. You keep turning things over to him and letting him do what only he can do. And you stop manipulating. You stop constructing things in your own ability and talent. And you grow in your knowledge that when I take the things that need to get done to God, he is always faithful to do them. Grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. There's a promise of increase, and I'm, I am done this morning, that's to you. It says, look, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Travel down to verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The only thing that is limiting the extension of God's government in us is us. You can have, listen, you can have as much God today as you want. If you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness today, you will be filled. If you desire God to have a greater capacity in your life, a greater influence in your life, if you, do, if you understand that this wonderful Christmas time season is really the story of Christ coming and dying on Calvary so that his government and his kingdom can live on the inside you and expand, and then he promises of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Ever since God gave me that precious word, and I've taken it to heart, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. The Lord shall increase you more and more. I want the increase that comes as his government expands in me. And I have made it a really a part of my morning prayer life almost every day, standing and saying, Lord, 
Give me the increase today. Give me the increase. If you go to my Facebook page on Warren Larson Ministries, you're going to find a picture of my daughter Rachel and I. And, that, and somebody took it at Family Worship Center, and I'm going to share this with you, even though she shared the testimony on Facebook, so I won't embarrass her. But when she was 15 and 16, living for God was not what she wanted. She kind of, even though she'd been raised up into a home that lived for God, and, and we lived it out, she saw it. But she fell in love with some guy in school, and he moved away to California. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but she was hooked, and the, he was a rascal. He was a drinker. He was a conniver. He was a drug user. He was a problem. But, man, she was just head over heels in love. I mean, you can tease 16-year-olds and 15-year-olds, but it's real to them. And every morning I would walk and I would say, Lord, give Rachel the increase. Give her the increase of your kingdom. Give her the increase of your kingdom. And I would pray that and she would struggle and you could see the darkness come in. she painted half of her room black and put up black posters and all this. And just, it was, and I'm sitting there going, every now and then I'd come into her room. I, I don't, I, I didn't have a, put my kids under my thumb. I made sure they knew I was watching and that I was always there. And if I walked in and they were listening to something they shouldn't or watching something I didn't think was good, I didn't force them to do something. I just looked at them and said, well, that won't. That won't help you any, because the voice of the Holy Spirit leads that way. And my job as a parent was to train them to hear his voice, especially when they get over 12, 13, 14, 15. But I would walk in and, Rachel, I sure love you. Dad loves you. God loves you too. You're called to be a, a worker in his kingdom. He loves you. He wants to increase his love for you. Get out of here, Dad. Okay, I love you. Just stopping by to say I love you. And for a year and a half, we went through that process with her. She's a very smart girl. She missed, uh, skipped a whole year of high school because she just tested out of it, didn't need it. And boy, she was about ready to head out to California. And... At Christmas time, after a year and a half of prayer, Lord, give Rachel the increase. Give Joy the increase. Give Joseph the increase. Give Grace the increase. Give me the increase. You promised me. Lord, you said, you said it in your word to me that the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. And I lay claim to that increase for all of them and Rachel. At Christmas time, the young man that she was infatuated with kind of broke things off, and she saw what he was. And by Easter, in our Easter camp, we were in service, and all of a sudden, 
Grace came and tapped me on the shoulder. Forgive my emotion, but said, Dad, look. I looked over, and Rachel had started to get to the altar, but she never made it. She collapsed in a heap on the floor trying to get to the altar. And I went over, and I just sat with her. And we prayed, and God gave the increase. The increase I was believing for her for. She was 16 then, and from that moment forward, has never looked back. She's become a great intercessor. She loves God with all of her heart. California was out of the picture. She ended up going to the Bible college. Uh, she is an expositor in her own right, a speaker in her own right. A few uh, years after that, Brother Swigert asked her to try out for the team. I've never pushed my kids, none of them. I, in fact, Brother Swigert did what I would have never done. He said, I want to hear you sing. I've heard you can sing. I, did that. I, I, never, I never pushed my kids because I'm not the one that should establish their ministry. God has to. And she started singing with the team, and then, of course, now she's married. But God kept his promise. And I still pray it. God, give the increase. You promised that you would increase us more and more, and not with the increase of the world, but with this spiritual increase that Jesus can. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I fully expect that my children and my grandchildren are going to be experiencing the increase, not because we force them, but because there's a praying parent, there's a believing grandparent, there's somebody that's knocking on the door saying, God, first of all, give me the increase. I need the increase. Expand this increase in me. And as my children see it, as my grandchildren see it in me, place a design and a desire for them to want the increase of your government in their heart because of that increase and of his government and of that peace, he has promised there shall be no end. You can have as much God as you desire. Would you stand with me this morning? The increase of his government. As we stand here this morning, I, I don't know each of you. I recognize so many over the years, and I'm appreciative of you being here this morning. But i got to tell you something, that if you're here this morning, I want to give you an invitation, and those of you by radio listening, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if he's never had a chance to start his government in you, it only takes a moment to open up your heart and open up your mind and say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you have a government that can change me and increase in me and do everything that I will ever need. And if you're here this morning 
and you need to pray a prayer that just dedicates your life to Christ, accepts him, and start all over, even if you prayed it in the past, even if you've started before, but you've gone off track, and you want to say, Brother Larson, pray with me this morning because I want to come back to Christ. I want to start this process all over. I want to begin afresh and anew. If that's you, would you just raise up your hand wherever you are? If that's you, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every heart that is open, every heart that is desiring your government and the increase of your government, Lord, Father, they're coming to you today in the name of Jesus. Because it is he alone that can save. It is he alone that died and rose from the dead as payment for my sin and as the one alone whose government is upon his shoulders. And we come to him today and Lord we say, Father we begin anew today. From this day forward, this government uh, that I've accepted, this person of Christ that I have received as my Savior and Lord is going to have the opportunity to increase in me and build in me and take out of me the things that need to be taken out of and place into me the things that needed to be implanted. I believe you today, Lord. I believe you today in the name of Jesus. And we shouted, Amen. Amen and amen. And there's rest of us. We have that need for that increase. It's not just the beginning today, but it's a, I hope that this message plants within your mind and a heart as you go from this place today, a desire to say, Lord, you promised the increase, that of the increase of my spiritual life, there would be no end. And that's what I desire today. Above all else, that's what I want today. As I leave this building today, I don't don't leave Christ. I don't leave church. I don't, because his kingdom lives in me. Expand it, Lord, and let me be what you want me to be. Would you join me for just a few minutes as the team sings and plays and let us just worship together and ask God to expand his kingdom in us today. Amen. A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul, What must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God, and the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept him as your Savior, resolve in your mind to make him Lord of your life and follow him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at GrenadaChurch.com or send them to the Lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.